Welcome to the Gear Garage Live Show. This weekly YouTube show covers whitewater rafting, river safety, gear, and anything else Zach feels like rambling on about. Happy winter solstice and welcome to the Gear Garage Live Show. This show is primarily a question and answer show. I have an agenda today. I have some things I want to talk about, but we primarily answer questions we receive during the week or during the show. So if you have a question, put it up there. This is meant as a YouTube live show. You can watch it on YouTube later. It's also a podcast, but it's not meant as a podcast. If you want to listen to a high quality podcast, please check out River Radius podcast. That's a great whitewater podcast, River podcast. This is a mediocre at best podcast because it's really intended to be uh, seen on YouTube live. So with that, I will get started. Uh, first of all, we, we received one question this week. Thank you to whoever received it. I just want to remind everybody that uh, you could, to submit questions, the by far the best way to do it is go to Whitewater Guidebook under Gear Garage, hit ask a question or make a comment. This is, it gets cataloged. We organize it well. Uh, the message box is small, so you know, write the write the the thing in like Microsoft Word or email or something. I cut and paste it in here, but this is the best way. If you do, let's say, for example, an Instagram message, we sometimes check that, sometimes don't, and it could go weeks or we may never see it. So this is the way for sure to have your question answered. And before we get into this, oh, one more thing too. Why would a guy? I just noticed. Uh, Michael posted this really cool blog post about Blossom Bar, I think today, uh, today, December 21st. And it basically labels every named thing and talks about different lines. And I just skimmed it for the first time, has some videos, uh, I think me running, I don't know, different people running Blossom Bar and there's Blossom Bar. And I was talking about it pretty, pretty uh, co uh, comprehensively from somebody who's run it a lot and seen a lot of different things. So if you want to learn more about Blossom Bar, check this blog post out on Whitewater Guidebook. And I want to start today because it came up talking about single uh, boat trips, one boat trips, because it came up in the comments and thought every, you know, my, my take is every time it comes up, I'm going to talk about it again. And I'm going to talk about it from uh, the AW Accident Database, which anybody can look through this database and learn more about like whitewater fatalities. And it's definitely pretty sobering. And, and uh, I always look at recent accidents. It shows the top 20 accidents. It's pretty sobering about our sport. And uh, I, we have, it, this is sport people die. It's really sad. Um, and people who pass away have parents, have kids, have brothers and sisters, have coworkers, have spouses. It's just like, it's pretty rough when somebody who passes away doing what they love. And yesterday was the anniversary of somebody who I care about deeply who passed away on a boating trip. Um, there's a lot of recent accidents and it's important to me that we try to minimize the number of accidents through common sense things. And, you know, looking at the accident database reminds us of, of, uh, the cause of the fatality and factors. And so there's a column here that says boat, there's a re reports of accidents are here and on AW and it'll say boat and cause and a factor in injury. And, I would say uh, the most common thing, the most cause or injury factor is is flush drownings, which is they basically floated downstream. Nobody knows what happened. Somebody might know what happened, but they just drowned. And maybe they fell out and had a heart attack and, and drowned. Maybe they fell out and aspirated water. We don't know. 
Uh, but there are things we do know and we can try to minimize. And one of them is just wearing PFDs, right? Like you'll see a lot, if you go through here, uh, the second one's PFD not worn, the fourth, fifth one PFD not worn, you'll see PFD not worn all over in class one, you know, not even that often in class two. So like wearing a PFD is something we can do. It's, it's no brainer. Not drinking is something we can do. This is just like, don't drink and wear a PFD and it'll minimize, um, accidents quite a bit. Uh, but one I really believe in, uh, is not doing one boat trips. You'll see here one boat trip. I've also like caught in low head dam, like avoid low head dams. That's just a really good rule. Right. Uh, and you'll see like, even if we look at the most recent ones, the, the most, second most recent one, one boat trip, uh, inexperience, solo paddling, uh, it, you know, uh, there's a lot of, if you look down and usually there's more one boat trips in the spring, one boat trip is there. So of them, the past 20 accidents, three of them have involved one boat trips. I'm not saying that one boat trips cause the accident. I'm not saying that if, if there was more boats, maybe they still wouldn't have died anyway. But if you fall out of your boat and you're by yourself, there's nobody there to rescue you. And it's even worse if you are not physically fit. If you can't get yourself back in the boat and, and or if you're dressed improperly. So, you know, some people do one boat trips. And if you do that, cool, that, that's a choice. I just want everybody to be educated that it's actually like a, um, not that responsible to do. And if you do it, hopefully you understand the dangers you're, you're choosing to take on and uh, the effects it can have on your family if something happens to you doing what you love. Uh, I would say... Uh, a lot of people one boat trip because they, they can't find friends and you know, I don't know. I, I can't fix that for you. Like maybe try to be a, like, I think some people don't, don't go boating with, they can't find partners just because of bad luck. But sometimes it's because they're not a good team member. You know, they went boating and they were late or they never bring safety equipment or they don't train or they don't have any certifications or they're selfish. You know, some people, and, and you go once or twice and people don't want to go with you again. That could be why you're on a boat trip. Some people like the solitude of it. And like, that's a cool, that's a choice you're making. But, but, um, I would say in my opinion, if you're going to choose to one boat trip, you need to have the ability to self-rescue, which means you need to be a swimmer, not just, I swam 20 years ago. So I still know how to swim. Like you practice swimming and you need to be able to get yourself back in your own boat. If you fall out. What really bothers me though, like, and so you make a choice, you made a choice. I'm a one boat tripper. Cool. If you're on a one boat trip and you bring friends who aren't aware of the dangers, that's actually, that really bothers me. That's actually irresponsible. That's because if the boat flips, they probably, your friends aren't boaters. They don't know as much about safety or maybe they can't swim to the boat. You've put somebody in harm's way with no ability to have a rescue. And so again, if you know the dangers, you're going by just by yourself, just you, and you have a fatality, like, I, that's that's that sucks but you knew the risks hopefully and i'm hopefully by me explaining them you knew them but if you bring people and they don't know the risks they're just like your friends and it's you rowing and they're in the front you're putting them in harm's way without a safety net that's actually pretty messed up and i have a problem with that a big problem with that because again if they fall out like you may not have the physical fitness to get them back in too that's a problem but if they get ahead of the boat, you can't catch them. They're just ahead of you and you're trying to catch them. Uh, and, and so having another boat with you, I think if you have passengers, is crucial. Now, if it's two passengers who understand like, hey, 
if you mess up and they swim, they could die. Like they're cool with it. Great. But if you didn't warn them of that danger and you just like said, ah, it'll be fine. I have a problem with that. So I just want to share that again. Uh, again, it's like a constant thing. And every time it comes up, we're going to look at the accident database and see where we're at. And every time, you know, there's a lot of one boat trips and fatalities. If we remove these three fatalities from the 20 list of 20, think of how much better some people's lives would be. So uh, Chad writes, I wonder if one boat trip fatalities are single or multi-day trips. I mean, they're probably both, uh, but you know, you can look at these. I'm not going to look at them right now. I didn't read these. This is a one, a class one river on the Tennessee river, a class one float on a Tennessee river. He also wasn't worried the PFD. Let's look at another one. Um, one boat trip, uh, solo paddling class one on the Klamath river. Probably this is a day trip, but the whole, you know, the, every time you click on these, you can see exactly what happened. Um, and you know, it's not as bad if it's like a commonly paddled river. So like if you're in the rogue river, in the summer and it's a one boat trip. First of all, the river's warm. You're probably going to be, people probably are rescuable, but there's other boats around you and you can like wait, like you can wait a blossom bar until there's other boats around you. It's not, it's kind of messed up, I think, to expect other people to save you, but at least somebody's out there and they could. When there's nobody else out there and it's a one boat trip, there's nobody to help you, it's even worse. So I, Chad, if I was to guess, I'd say mostly single day, single trips. And I would say most multi-day trips are on like, you know, like the Rogue and the Middle Fork and the Yampa, where there are other groups out there. Uh, and it's pretty rare for people to do one boat trips because these permits are hard to get. And so usually you bring friends. Usually you want like more people with you. Okay. Uh, another question I'm going to get to. Let's get out of this thing. I'm going I'm to keep an AW thing up in case somebody has questions. Do you have a video detailing what you look at guesstimating flows on the Illinois Week Out? I don't have a video about it because it's, I hate predicting flows. Like I just, it's, it's so messy, uh, but I do have a page. If you go to, uh, let's see back to whitewater guidebook. And this is the page for the middle fork. Actually, if you go to the Illinois page and you click on river flow, it has all the graphs I use to make a decision. So I would not go a week from today. Like with this, it, let's see today is, Thursday, next Thursday, it's going to be above the action line, above like 4,000 feet. No, strong pass. Unless I'm with like the team of ballers and I know it's not going to go much higher, higher than that. Uh, but this is a quick graph I look at. This is another graph I look at that shows it peaking above 4,000. Uh, here's another prediction that has all kinds of probabilities of what could happen. Like it could get up to 9,000. You know, it, it's a low, it's less than 5% chance, but it could get that high. And so I look at all of these graphs. And recognize that, like, I've looked at the, these, these are imperfect models. And so this is some just basic, like, guesstimates. I look at all of them. I think about them. I think about if rain, how much rain's coming in. Um, I just think about the whole big picture. And so if I see, you know, if this, I would probably launch today. You see, it's dropping, I see it dropping for a bit, you know, no rain in the forecast, but it, it can spike fast and get you in a lot of trouble. Even if it says it's going to spike at 2000, it could spike at 5,000 because the, the weather could come in wrong or the model could be wrong. So I'm really looking for none of, none of this kind of nonsense. Like anything like this, it's just, nope, not even thinking about it. Whereas, um, you know, if I was, do, I would launch 
Saturday and take it on Monday. I'd be right now. I'd be pretty happy with that. But there's no way I'm launching Monday. I'm not launching while it's on the rise because even though it's only going to rise to 1300 by Wednesday, it could come in. The storm could come in quicker. And so, yeah, I, it, the, the, it's fun to watch these. Like watch these for two weeks. You'll see how incorrect they are. Right? They're they're a good guess and they're imperfect models. Uh, they're 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 based on like a lot of guesses, and they're not they don't understand everything. So hopefully that helps, Zach. Um, just please be responsible. Like don't please don't push it. Don't take a chance out there. Um, and your friends may and they may have the time of their lives, but they're just rolling the dice. And um, it's a, it's a it's a crazy it's a crazy place. Good question. All right. So uh, with that uh, reminder about single boat trips, let's go on to our one question of the day. Um, hey, I'm planning on doing another pack craft trip on the road this January. I already have a dry suit, but I am wondering if there's anything I should watch out for. Um, what should you watch out for? Um, I don't know. Like ticks. Ticks are pretty bad that time of year. I watch out for ticks. Our rattlesnakes aren't bad. I bet bears are a little wily in the winter. Watch out for bears. Um, what else? a poison oak. I watch out for poison oak big time. I think poison oak could be really bad. Um, the water can be cold, so having a dry suit super smart. Um, yeah, that's what I, I watch out for. I read on a forum something about a very large tree blocking the river near Mill Creek Canyon. Oh, I'd watch out for that. Definitely watch out for that. Um, and maybe like I don't have any information on. I don't keep that close a track of of logs in the rogue in the winter. But maybe go back to that forum and ask somebody. Hey. Did the tree is the tree still there? I'm in a pack raft, so if it's not bad, portaging is really easy. Uh, but knowing where it is would be key. And and if it, when, once you get there, it could move. So like you get there, and, oh, it's not there. Just knowing there's a log that could be downriver. Um, hopefully you're not doing a solo pack raft trip. Um, hopefully you have friends too that want to go with you. So those are the questions uh of the week again if anybody has questions as as we go on with um should have a few more things i'll talk about just put them in the comments i'd love to answer questions made up on the spot i want to get to the product placement part of the show this is one of my favorite parts of the show where i talk about gear that i like and some of it that i even sell this is a way for me to like make a few little cheddar cheese on the side so first of all i just got this uh i don't know if you guys know what chain mail is for cleaning like cast iron this is chain mail that you can like really get in on um, I just found it on Amazon. Just Google chainmail cleaners, and there's all kinds of cool things. This was like 15 bucks. I am I haven't used it yet, but I'm really jazzed on this. It's gonna go in our kitchens, you know, just for those griddles. You gotta get in there really hard. With cast iron, you don't really want to use soaps, and so it's hard to clean sometimes, and you need a lot of friction. So this thing's really cool. I'm a fan. Next in the product placement section, uh, my friend Connor made these packets for his friends, and it's just a Ziploc bag with an emergency blanket, a lighter, and some fire starter in here. I don't know I don't know how it works exactly, but I should try it first. And he made like 50 of them and gave them to all his friends. How cool is that? It fits my PFD really easy. Just in case you caught it overnight or somebody's hypothermic and you need to start a fire um, on a day trip even. Uh, super simple and um, super nice of Connor to do. I would say those of you out there, when your friend group, you know, these emergency blankets, you can get like 20 for seven bucks. Lighters are cheap. Ziplocs are cheap. Like consider making this for your friend group and just as you're boating, like Connor put in the other day was, Hey dude, I made this for you. What a thoughtful, cool thing to do. 
and uh, maybe um, it'll spread. I think it'd be super cool if more people did this. So super nice. And you could upgrade it. You can make it a little better. You could have like a but you could like a Zippo in there if you wanted to. Zippos are pretty cool little butane lighters. You know, it's a little easier to fire fire with the Zippo. Oh, this isn't even working right now. Then or like get like a, a cool butane lighter. Oh man, oh, there we go. Get put a Zippo in there. Maybe put some more fire starter in if you want. So I'm stoked on this. It's going to my PFD. All right. Next. Oh, next is super cool. So I talked about the Makita uh, last week and I got, I finally got the adapters. They ended up coming in black. The prototype is red and somebody pointed out that they should be red. So they're more visible, smart, but the black just looks cooler with the whole Makita aesthetic. So if I make another batch and I can, uh, we'll make them out of, maybe we'll make some out of red. This is, um, made by a gear garage fan i think and his brother is an engineer or he's an i can't remember the story one of them is an engineer one of them has a um a machine that makes things out of plastic whatever that's called 3d printer and so it's it's a, somebody who did the design it's really smart they 3d printed it it's durable it's flexible it can switch to the side here to empty boats out so it goes on both sides we only have the makita right one right now so if you want one for like your Ryobi or your DeWalt. Uh, I don't have that yet. And we may or may not have it. It's, you know, it's a lot of work to make the CAD design and do all the things and then print them. And, you know, it's, it's a whole, it's a project, you know, if we, you know, if we had a, if we were in a size, uh, we could make, you know, get thousands of these made in China for like 20 cents each maybe, but they're expensive being done this way. Uh, so I want to go to the, show you all on the website. This is my little, tiny selling stuff company, River Hardware, where our motto is, if you want customer service, go to NRS because our customer service is terrible. Like we don't do returns. We don't take phone calls. We don't answer emails. Like if you want, if you want it, buy it. And if you, you know, if, if uh, it doesn't work, sucks to be you. Shouldn't have bought it. But if you want that kind of service, go to NRS. But this is the adapter, a couple more photos. Uh, they put a little logo on it, which is cool, and a little video how to use it. It's expensive. It's 27 bucks for a piece of plastic. That's just what it costs to make things in the U.S. and do all the things. So the shipping and the whole, all the packaging is just crazy. So, um, yeah. Anyway, if those of you that want that, also, um, any of you, I've been sold out of these for a while. These flip line pockets, we get they're, 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 these WWTC throw bags are made to Hungary. They get shipped to me. I have to deal with customs. It's a huge pain, but people love these things. I just got 10 more pockets. If they're expensive, they're 50 bucks for like a little tiny thing. Uh, it's just, again, what it costs to get it done this way. If you want one, I have, I just got 10 more. So I, I've been sold out of these for a while. Um, and remember, we don't take, we don't, if ter we have terrible customer service. So do not buy this from us. If you want to return it, if you want to talk about it, like you can pay for it and get it, but there's no customer service associated with it. Okay, what else do we have on the promotional side of things? Have a list. Oh, Watershed. So this is super cool. Uh, Watershed just came with a, some new dry bags, uh, fabric. And I want to share a photo of one. Uh, let's see if I can open this up. And first of all, this I think they're for sale now. They haven't got back to me whether, for, whether for they're for sale. I had one of these a test like a month ago. It is awesome. This is like the watershed bags of old. My, I still use my watershed bag from 1997. 
Like it still works and it's great. It's better than any bag made after 2010. They all they, they sun faded, they wore out, but the new fabric, which they have a name for, it has a it's called like cryptotheranine or crypt. I don't know. It's grippier, it's thicker. It, I know it's gonna be durable. It just feels durable. Uh, it just has a and there's three new colors. Uh, this purple is just really cool purple. There's like a, a greenish color, and I think there's an orange one. And so I'm pretty jazzed. I think I'm I'm stoked. Watershed is getting back to making really durable bags because I think they're for those of you that use them a lot. Their their life lately has been like ten years, maybe less. Um, I've I have multiple newer bags of holes in them where my original bag still works, no holes. So I, I took it on a kayak overnight kayak trip this winter. It was great. It works. Like if you're looking to get a watershed, now's the time. And uh, they they should cost way more because this fabric is way better. So um, it's worth it's worth the money. And to me, there's only two dry bags out there that are actually waterproof: um, the watershed bags and the dib bags. The dib bags, but the dib bags are like you know three hundred dollar dry bags. They're ridiculously crazy. Okay, with that, let's get to some comments, Mike. Yeah, dude. Yeah, it's more rubbery. It just feels so good. What, Mike? What color did you get? Did you get the purple or something else? I mean, it is. It's just it went, once you have it in your hands, like, oh, they they figure it out. This is an awesome fabric. And also, um, Mike, if you comment, will you comment uh, uh, if it costs a lot more or is the price the same? Okay, let's get to some more things. Chad, do you do any Dutch oven cooking? Yeah, a lot. That's why I need this. So we can scrub our Dutch ovens. Um, tons, tons and tons. Okay. It is a solo trip, by the way. It was just impossible finding people crazy enough to do the rogue in January. Hopefully, you listen to the beginning and you understand the risks. You're choosing these risks. You've taken, you've made the choice. Like, I'm not gonna tell you not to do it, but at least you understand the risks. And this is, you know, yeah, I wouldn't recommend it, but you've you've decided. I haven't been following Nicole blog. Yeah, I have. I have followed that blog quite a bit. Um, I've done that run twice. Um, and both times we put in higher than them. And I gave Nicole a little bit of advice before she went on the trip about boats and flows and things. And um, I, you know, I think a lot of people might judge them. It's easy to judge people like that. Um, I love the fact that they chose to go on an adventure. They're like, let's go on an adventure. And they got the maps out. They thought about it. They brought, I wouldn't have brought overnight gear. I would like, we're just going to make it. We're not going to, we're not going to, because there's so many portages, like more weight you bring. It just makes the portages take longer and really hard. You want to be lean and mean with a team of people that are just like, we're going, there's no janglers allowed. Like you are all have to be on that mission. Um, so they brought overnight gear. It turned out they needed it. So good thing they brought it. But, um, you know, it's, it's an interesting place. It's really beautiful, uh, place and like some cool rapids too, but a lot of wood portages. Um, but my hat's off to them because they were self-contained. They didn't require a rescue team. They knew they might spend the night over there. They, they prepared for it. They did. They went back in and got their stuff. You know, I, I, my hat's off to them for choosing an adventure, being self-contained, not requiring a rescue mission. And for going back and cleaning up the mess, like, like I, I'm stoked. Um, it's that's a run for adventurers for sure. If you have any thoughts, love to hear them. 
But um, yeah, I know I've been following that. Orange. Oh, NRS is selling the new ones. Interesting. It's so funny how NRS has people's new stuff before they do. Or like, yeah, NRS is like become the place to buy everything. Same price. I gotta tell you, I mean, they should charge 50% more because it's the new bags are 50% better. Like they're they're, I mean, it's it's this this these dry bags are worth 200 bucks. That's just they're amazing. And this new fabric is great. You know, that if they charge 200 bucks, I wouldn't complain too much. Um, cast iron or aluminum for Dutch oven. We now use aluminum across the board. I we I've used both my whole career. We could sit here and go into the pros and cons of them. Um, the the pros of aluminum for us for we're using them day in day out, and we're we're good at what we do. Is they're lighter. It's just less weight in our boats. It's less weight to carry up to camp every day, and they're easier to clean. Like you actually can soap the aluminum ones, uh, where the you know Dutch ovens are, ones are heavier, and you, if you if you use soap, you mess up the seasoning. So I. We use cat. We use aluminum, and we use um, specifically. Make a big in. There's uh, aluminum, and then I'll make it back to this. Well, let me get back to. There's anodized aluminum. So let me go back to this page. Present your screen. No. So there's. I think it's GSI makes them. They're pretty expensive, but they're way easier to clean. GSI anodized. Sorry. Aluminum Dutch oven. We basically switched. Oh, there we go. NRS has them for sale. What do you know? This is again, if you want customer service, call NRS. Uh, this is the one we've been using the 14s and the 16s. They're expensive, they're 170 bucks. They're more than the cast iron or the aluminum ones, but the anodized are way easier to clean. And just, yeah, I, this is this is definitely the, the way to go. Uh, if you're new to Dutch oven cooking, you might struggle with the aluminum ones though, because they they don't retain heat the same way a cast iron does. And so you gotta be super conscientious of wind and outside temperature and a lot of things. It's a lot way harder to cook in a, an aluminum Dutch oven. Uh, but just for like day in, day out carrying them, carrying lots of them, because we bring like four per trip usually, and for cleaning, they're they're better. Uh besides avoiding solo boating. Don't boat reaches you're unfamiliar with. Do your homework and make sure it's a safe and feasible run. Yeah, Jay, I think I, I, I don't know if I agree with don't boat reaches you're unfamiliar with. I think one of my favorite things for me personally is me and friends going out and doing a run that none of us have done. Like we have to figure it out. You know, sometimes like there's certain like there's certain runs where it sure is nice to have somebody. Like if I'm gonna go paddle something that's like that people do all the time, like Cherry Creek or the green truss or um, something just really hard. Yeah. I think I'll, it's nice to have somebody who knows the lines and can show me the way down. Or like maybe if I'm gonna do the wind, maybe for the first time, I think it's nice. Somebody should know what they're doing. Um, rafting somebody, you know, have a, unless you're really good boaters, but I would, I love to go out to a run. It's well within my ability level and just figure it out. That's like a, a thing that's awesome. So I'm not gonna maybe go do like if if I if I'm like let's say the green truss on the white sand, it's like class five, is at my ability level. I want somebody with me who knows what they're doing. But if I'm gonna go a step down, it's really fun for me and some buddies to go and figure it out. So 
I think it's okay to boat reach if you're unfamiliar with, but I, you're right. Do your homework. Like, like, and, and Nicole in her case did like, she, you know, I, she read all the literature out there. There's a couple, there's a guidebook description. I have a description of it on the internet. You know, they had maps and, you know, they did their homework. They knew about the portages. They asked people questions who'd been there before they did their homework and cause nobody done it, but they definitely did their homework. And I love it. Like, Hey, the four or five of us who have never been to this place, let's go figure it out as a team and work together. It's super awesome. Uh, my first time down, like the North, upper North Fork Smith, we just like, it was just on the map. We're like, let's go do it. And there was like seven of us and two people actually like hiked in and saw it and they hiked They're Like, no, I don't want to do this. This is crazy. So there's only five of us. And luckily there was only five of us because seven of us slowed us down. Um, and just having to figure out as a team and like make good decisions. And um, I think it's fun. Jay, hopefully I didn't contradict you too much because you are a, a badass and a legend. I, I, I don't want to contradict you too much, but I think, I think it's fine to go explore. I think it's, you know, personally, I think it's what I love about boating. Like 228 for the 70 liter. Yeah, I think they, I mean, my memory is a little, I mean, inflation's been moving pretty fast on us, but I feel like Colorado's were like in the 130, 140 range. So 228, is 70 liter of the Colorado? That I don't know, but two, 200 plus for these dry bags seems like super reasonable. They are really well made. This fabric is really awesome. It's the best thing out there. Again, if you want to keep your stuff, keep your stuff dry. Yeah, Nicole's blog is super super informative and shows the levels they went to be ready. Yeah, it's a great blog. Those of you that haven't read it, um, let's see. How do we find Nicole's blog? Um, her website's naturenicole.com. Oh, no, it's not. Nature Nicole. Let's Google that. And Nature uh, Nicole teaches rescue classes and rafting classes. So if you want... Um, high quality rafting classes and swift water classes. You can book it with her, but she also has a great blog where she just, you know, talks about stuff and there's uh, a post she did. Yeah. There's this one about what happened like after they went in and hiked out. So this is the like, Hey, we, we tried, we hiked out. Here's the story. Here's what happened. They lost a boat. It's a great read. Like I, I mean, it's, those of you that are listening, you should just stop listening because I'm almost done with the show. Just Google Nature Nicole, turn me off, and just read this. Oh, don't finish listening yet because I want to tell you one more thing. But like, read this. Um, it talks about all kinds of stuff, great photos, and tells their thinking before, during, and after the trip. But the thing I want to make sure you know about is that there's a part two. So make sure that you, if you read part one, then part two, which is the mission when they went in, they I don't want to ruin it for it. They went back, and something happened. And they maybe that success, maybe they didn't. I'm not going to tell you. Um, read it on your own. But um, yeah, turn the turn this off. I we have 22 people watching right now. I hope it goes to one uh, because this is a great read. And I'm you know I'm pretty much done with my my show today. Uh, the Rogue is a lot of fun in the winter. I do it off not alone. I I love the Rogue in the winter. I, you know it's shot like I feel like the I mean the probably my favorite time is September October when there's not many people out there. Uh, but like this right now is great. It's a little cold, but you know, camp wherever you want. Uh, it just feels like the waterfalls are all big. It's really green. It's really magical in the winter. It's, I think it's way more interesting in the winter than in the summer. The summer's dried out. The waterfalls aren't there. Um, summer, it's, I mean, it's the rogue is still great, but like 
it's just magical in the winter. So I can't blame anybody for wanting to go in the winter. I'm just, I'm not going to, I wouldn't go alone. I don't think would I? No, no. I don't know. Maybe I would. Maybe I wouldn't. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying don't ever solo boat. I'm saying you probably shouldn't do it. And if you do it, you should, you know, if you're going to solo boat, you need to be way below your ability level doing something you're very comfortable with and know you're taking risks. You're just like, even if it's like way below your ability level, you're taking an unnecessary risk and you have to decide it, how you value your life a little bit. Thanks Blair. Happy holidays to you. Any words? I don't think they are. I don't think they're going to get Coast Guard certified. They should. They're awesome. Like I'm super jazzed on Palm's PFTs. That that Palm Nevis is the best thing going right now for rafting. It's so sweet. Best pockets, best everything. I don't. I don't think they're unless you know somebody. I don't. I don't think they're going to. I mine. I get from when friends come from Europe. I say, hey, grab one for me. Or if I go to Europe, I grab one. Um, I think you can buy them. It's just a pain in the ass to ship. It's pretty expensive. So. No word. Falls beautiful. It's three. Yeah, man. Yep. I mean, I've done both December and March trips where we didn't see another person. How cool is that? Like, that's amazing. Um, and you can you can do it at high water, which is fun. Like the rogue at ten thousand. You know, it's more swift uh, and maybe a little more dangerous, but not harder. It's you know the rapids are harder. It's just some dangerous because it's more a little continuous and swift and cold, but 10,000 nobody's out there. It's so sweet. Well, everybody, that's the end of today's show. I uh, just want to remind you um, this show we do, we try to do every Tuesday at two o'clock. Today's Thursday. I'm going to try to do it once a week. Uh, I've chose to go paddling Tuesday instead. So I'll, I'll try to do them on Tuesdays, but if I don't do them on Tuesday, I'll do them a different day of the week. Uh, please be careful out there. If you're going to choose a solo boat, Please don't, if you get a solo boat, don't put people in your boat that don't, aren't aware of the risks. And don't forget to, you know, uh, about the this thing and this thing. And check out Nicole's awesome blog. And uh, we get to two more questions here. And then we're out of here. Our, I don't put in for permits. Um, I, I'm very lucky to run an outfitting business that gets to run really cool rivers. I don't feel like, I should put any, personally put any more pressure on the permit system. It would, it, it seems irresponsible for me to do. Like I'm lucky that I get to see these rivers at my job. So I'm not going to put pressure on the system. So I will not. If I didn't, I'd probably put in for a selway, maybe a metaphoric, something like that. Um, but yeah, I'm not going to. But um, yeah, thanks everybody for watching. And you know, I'll see you. I'll probably do a show sometime next week. If if yeah, if there's questions or if I have stuff to talk about. Or if I have more product I want to place, I'll definitely do a show if there's more products like this that I want to place. Anyway, thanks everyone. Mm -hmm.